0: Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.
1: Twenty-one point seven seconds left in the third period at Rogers Place. Dallas leading Calgary two one, and we got a penalty here on the Dallas Stars. So a late power play for Calgary as they try to tie this game and force overtime if they cannot. The Stars will go up three games to two. Other NHL action today. The Montreal Canadiens do not score again. The Flyers win it 2-0. Local product Carter Hart with a shutout for the Flyers. And Philly's up 3-1 in that best of seven. Capitals and Islanders about to get underway in Toronto and at 8.30 at Rogers Place, barring a delay here as Sean Monahan fans on a one-timer and then a shot by Lindholm is blocked. So Dallas does win it. Two one so at eight thirty at rogers place it 's the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks Vegas up three one in that series. Very sad news from the hockey world today. Dale Howarchuk has passed away after a battle with cancer, one of the all time greats, uh, certainly the face of the Winnipeg Jets in their early days in the National Hockey League. They were they were not very good, and they got to be pretty good with Howard Chuck as their leader. Stuck into the division though, with Edmonton and Calgary for much of his tenure there, Howard Chuck inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, and of course a key member of the 1987 Canada Cup winning team, and a key part of the play tying up the face off and allowing Mario to get the puck up to Gretzky and away they go. And Mario scores the big goal. Howard Chuck uh, heavily involved in that play and a real impact on that game. We'll remember Dale Howard Chuck a little bit later on. And I want to acknowledge a man who has been a very patient mentor over the last decade for me and a huge part, of so many people's lives at Chorus here in Edmonton, Sid Smith, who was the original host of Inside Sports when it debuted back in 1997. I like to tell Sid he invented sports radio. Sid Smith announcing his retirement. He will stay with us until the end of October, so uh, I'm sure we'll take some time to reflect with Sid as we move closer to that date. Uh, Just, uh, like I said, a a great man uh, so Patient, uh, an incredible leader, uh, huge uh, impact on my career and uh, the impacts of, of, of many here in Edmonton. So, Sid, thank you very much. All the best in retirement. Maybe we'll let him host the show one night. Maybe we'll just say, Sid, you want to come back and host the show and do Inside Sports? Dave and I will have to pitch that to him. Anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 630Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can reach out by calling or texting 780-496-0063. The big news of the week, of course, is the cancellation of the 2020 CFL season. We will have more perspective on that tonight. Ryan King from the E will join us at 6.30, and I'm pleased to kick things off tonight with the former president and CEO of the Edmonton football team. It is Len Rhodes on the line. Len, you're on with Reed. Nice to catch up with you. I wish the circumstances were a little better, but how are you doing?
0: I'm uh, great, Reed. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I didn't know that Sid Smith was uh... – Going to be retiring. He is everything that you described, he said pretty well everything I'm not. He's patient. He's down. You know, he's he's just so calm when the pressure is on, and uh, he's always been a consummate gentleman and a great partner uh, with the football club.
1: Yeah, well said. And you're a little too hard on yourself, Len, because uh, you're a very patient man, and you certainly have been with me over the years. So we'll 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 go down this road again. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, the the, the CFL and the Double E are such a big part of uh, your life during your tenure there. Just first of all, your reaction yesterday when when you heard the finality of that decision. You know, it's funny,
0: Reed, uh a few, maybe when this all started with COVID and everyone was looking at which league would come out and play, I thought the first league that would actually have a plan to play within the COVID uh, situation and environment would have been the CFL. However, as things evolve and everyone learned more about this uh, virus and the fact that the league doesn't have the uh, luxury of all the uh, the broadcast dollars that other sports have, in my mind, actually, two to three months ago, it was obvious that the only option was to call the season save money restart next year and come back with a vengeance
1: well that's interesting that that you were you were pretty convinced it was on that road uh, two to three months ago so the, the whole bubble idea and trying to you know put players in one city for about three months to finish the season you never really thought that was realistic how come
0: well it takes a lot of resources and uh, the CFLs always had to be frugal and uh, very conscious of how they spend their dollars and you know if they're spending dollars but they're not going to generate any revenue um that that would have been the downside to the cfl now the upside would have been continuity staying in the minds of fans across the country we all uh, well we all love all of us who are fans obviously love the cfl and it's not fun to to uh, be absent from a sport um from any perspective you know whether you're a fan a player i feel sorry for the players you know they literally don't get salaries uh, these are the ones we should feel sorry about for all of us you know other sports fans we can find other uh, forms of entertainment but you know I was thinking about this read uh, the lockout in the NHL in 2004 2005 yeah everyone was worried about was the NHL going to come back as strong as it was and they took that opportunity to reinvent themselves and uh, they came back and they changed some of the rules it was a much more open game They worked with partners at the time. I was with Reebok CCM Hockey, and they were asking us for insights in terms of how can we reinvent the uniform of hockey. And so it turned out to be opportunities. And from a company standpoint, that's the year we launched RBK Hockey, Reebok Hockey, which became number two worldwide. And then uh, because of Adidas acquiring it, changed branding, it's all back to CCM. But it turned out, and no one at the time would have thought, oh, what a great opportunity. This is going to be with a lockout. But when they face the facts and the reality, they say, OK, we've got to think about what's next. And for the CFL, it's a great opportunity to think about how does this game look like in 2021? And there's a lot of questions. You have to know which questions you want to have answered. You don't necessarily want to have all the answers before you know what questions to ask. But this is a golden opportunity for the CFL to not only evolve, but actually reinvent itself so that it's in tune with today's times.
1: Well, I, I'm glad you're going down that path because I wanted to ask you about a very specific quote that Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the league, he gave yesterday, and he's talked about the business model, about running the league differently, and he said we need a more cooperative ecosystem. Now, yeah. you've been in these CFL meetings and behind the scenes, and, and maybe I'm misreading Randy's quote, or, and I don't want to sensationalize it, but I think it's important to ask is is there not a cooperative ecosystem between teams are there too many self interests when it comes to the nine owners or ownership groups like what do you think Randy meant there
0: well i can't you know, i'm not i can't speak on behalf of randy but i can give my perspective based on what you just uh, quoted from him yesterday uh, there's no doubt that every uh, ownership group cares not only about their team but about the league there is no doubt about that uh, there's selflessness that goes on, people have always sacrificed uh, for the sake of the uh, bigger picture. However, it is a sport. People are very competitive. And when the chips are down, they look at what their priorities are within their own backyards. When I was with the Edmonton Football Club, I uh, took great pride wearing a hat when I was at the governor's table to try to help the whole league. But when I came back to Edmonton, it was all about our team. It was about what's right for us. Whether it was the schedule and the battles that came with that, in terms of the right night for uh, your your own fan base, in terms of what you thought the rules should be for your own benefit. And I I would argue that because there's only nine teams, it makes it more complicated than a league that has 30 teams, believe it or not, because every voice has a high share of voice at the table, and the ownership groups, which are constructed very differently from the community-owned teams to the private teams – to the challenges in the East with some of the uh, bigger markets, Toronto and Montreal, and even now in uh, Vancouver. So everyone comes to the table with very different needs, and while there's a willingness to work together, they won't uh, if if there's issues in their own uh, backyard. And uh, I think that does have to be addressed. Now, how does that get addressed? Well, there's so many ways you could uh, look at that. One that I would actually put out there as an innovative idea would be to have one single ownership group for all nine teams or 10 teams in the future where each team is a shareholder, but that there's only actually one ownership group. And there's examples of that in other leagues. And um, that would force everyone to say, oh, it's not just what happens with my bottom line. I'm going to be touched and, uh, and, and influenced by what happens with all the other eight teams
1: that's an interesting pitch len and you're right there are some other te- leagues that that do that where the league is the entity that owns all the teams and then there there are individual people who sort of manage and coach each teams obviously but and, and pitch in with the business decisions but so is there like does this i guess financially does the league need to go kind of full revenue sharing i mean i know this year i guess some money was pitched in to help with the sale of the alouettes but that was maybe a different circumstance or how do you look at that and i think
0: there, there's got to be a model where there is some sharing um because the fact of the matter is while well, the prairies were really strong here uh, it's not much of a league if you only have uh, four teams three four five teams playing you need everyone and the uh, uniqueness about the cfl has always been that it represents canadians from coast to coast to coast and um the you know the plans to go into the maritimes is wonderful I would uh, argue, having been, been raised in Montreal, it would have been great to have a team in Quebec City now that amateur football is doing so well there because rivalries are everything. We know what that means between us and Calgary or even with the riders. But in the right now in the East, you go to Montreal, they don't hate anyone and no one hates them. And that's a problem when you're in sports. You need to hate another team and another market needs to hate you. That's what sells tickets and that's what brings uh, people together and having a beer together regardless of which team they're going for. There's also the business model in terms of uh, how you approach things uh, from, uh, you know, generating new revenue and partnerships, and I think there's uh, opportunities for uh, a whole list of innovation, you know, from, you know, wh- why are helmets basically the same helmets that we've had for years? They've evolved slightly, but there could be a smart helmet with today's technology that uh, does incredible things. That You know, you look at the game, and if you were to come from another planet, you'd say, Why do they still use first down markers, uh, ten yard markers? That's archaic. Can't you use laser or something else that would actually change the perception in the image? That those are just a few examples, but there's so much you can do. There's also if the CFL can uh, help advocate and get some single sports betting uh, legalized in Canada, they could turn that into a great revenue source and have something special for the fans that are watching on television. And for the fans that are in the stadium and it wouldn't necessarily be the same programs. But there's so much out there. And uh, also you've got to understand or you've got to agree as a league, who are you targeting? Are you willing to sacrifice some of the traditionalists to try to get new fans? Or if you're going to go deeper and try to hold on to the fans that you have. There's no doubt that, unfortunately, when you look, there have been slow declines in attendance across the league. And no one is really panicked because it's been 2 to 3% a year. But then all of a sudden, over five years, that becomes meaningful. With COVID, I think it sounded the alarm bells. It's going to align everyone to say, we have an issue and we've got to change. So we, we look at this right now, going into 2021. Otherwise, we may not have a leak 10 years from now.
1: Well, I, I love how you put that, and I love how you compare it to the, the to the lost season in the NHL and how the league took some time to try to come out of it stronger and make some innovative changes. So hopefully, the CFL looks at that as opposed to kind of fading into the into the background. But you know, it it appears to be that they, they got to get everybody kind of on on the same page with some of those things. Are, are you at all worried about there being a league in twenty twenty one, Len? Because you know you know what it's like with the CFL. There are always naysayers, no matter yeah. what. Well, there's a lot of armchair
0: critics, and uh, there's a lot more people that follow the CFL than are willing to admit it. Unfortunately, there's this whole connotation that sometimes in Toronto, we know people are watching it, but they won't go to a game or they won't even admit it amongst their friends. So you got to get through those psychological barriers. I think there are great opportunities, but you got to start with your core, and uh, that means there's got to be some significant attention given to Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal. If you don't do that before going global and international, you risk not having the foundation. So that's like building a high rise and your first floor is not built solidly enough to add more floors, things will collapse. So in terms of priority and sequence, I think from a visionary standpoint, going global is amazing. But right now, given the circumstances, in terms of the next few years, you've got to focus on your core, because if you lose your core, you're in real trouble
1: so the the CFL 2.0 you'd you'd put that in the back on the shelf for a while then
0: yeah personally i would park that uh, make it a phase 2 or phase 3 down the road the environment has changed significantly since it was introduced as a concept by Randy and he uh, shown great leadership on thinking outside of the box but all things considered right now you got to come back to basics and make sure your your home base is fixed we got to get fans back in and you know i obviously went to every road game with the football club over uh, the seven full seasons I was with the club and you know you go to Toronto if I, if we flew out the night before I'd uh, go for a beer and a uh, bite to eat and try to watch whatever other game was played that night and if you went into some bars in Toronto you could not get the game on television they would show everything else basketball coming out of Chicago but not not the uh, not the football uh, CFL and that's a problem and You know, if you go into your grocery store, people pay money, companies pay money to make sure their products are on the shelf. Maybe there has to be a strategy to make sure some of these TV sets are literally sponsored in some of these places so that people get exposed to the game. Because otherwise, you're just talking constantly to the same people all of the time, and
1: the demographics are aging. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Len, I appreciate your perspective. Uh, as you often do w- when we talk, you, you turned on a couple light bulbs in my mind, so, so that's good, and hopefully uh, people in the CFL are, are listening as well and are willing to innovate here a little bit. Thanks for checking in. I hope life is great for you. I, I know we'll talk down the road. Really appreciate Thanks, your Fred, perspective. I, Len. And
0: my last point is I would keep the door open for an affiliation with the NFL as a development league so that there's authenticity. And then if you do that, change the rules so it's consistent that the game is played the same way north and south of the border. Oh, really? You'd, thought, you know?
1: you'd, have a, you'd be willing to have a four-down league in Canada, eh? I would if there was an affiliation with
0: the NFL because I think fans, younger fans
1: in those big markets that we talked about
0: would be really interested in if they knew that if their players did well, they're going to end up with the Bills tomorrow morning or with the Packers. And then they can identify with it. And then I think there's an authentic role for the CFL Uh, we can't be a me too league then we're going to have to decide we i still say we this the league's going to have to decide if they want to be positioned as an amateur football league or as a pro league but the authenticity with the affiliation with the nfl would be
1: awesome interesting stuff lynn thanks so much for checking in let's keep in touch okay bye reed that is Len Rhodes, former president and CEO of the Edmonton Football Team. Man, some interesting stuff there. He uh, really brought some ideas about innovation. I was not expecting that at the end. That he thinks it's to, uh, maybe it's time for the CFL to somehow um, you know be a development league for the NFL and maybe even change the rules. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's inside sports on Chet. Sammy H, who says, hey, Reed, Len coming in with the heat. I didn't agree with all of it, but appreciate that he has some ideas. Another texter says, uh, hi, Reed, I'm in my mid-40s. I don't know many CFL fans younger than me. Time for the league to innovate a little bit. Well, hopefully they do. I, I mean, uh, Len Rhodes, he thinks. And, uh, you know, I know during his time as president and CEO, not all of you agreed with him. Heck, I didn't agree with everything Len did, and he knows that, and we could talk about it. Um, but he always was trying to do something and always trying to generate ideas, and, and you heard it there. So the CFL's done for 2020. Okay, fine, it's done. What are you going to do next year? And he referenced the National Hockey League missing a season and coming back with a new partnership with Reebok and, uh, you know, the the shootouts and trying to open up the game. So. That is what the CFL needs to do now. They can't sit around and, and wallow and say, woe is us that they didn't have a season. We'll get player impact from EE long snapper Ryan King, also a CFLPA executive board member. Of course, your feedback is welcome, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Islanders now up 2-0 on the Capitals halfway through the 1st. All right, here's what's going on on the ice. It is 2-0 for the Islanders leading the Capitals. 7.50 to go in the first period. Islanders are going for the sweep, and they're looking good to get it. Pajot and Barzell have scored the goals. The Flyers shut out the Canadians 2-0 to go up 3-1 in that series. Dallas edging Calgary 2-1 to take a 3-2 series lead. And tonight at 8.30, at Rogers Place, it'll be the Blackhawks and the Golden Knights. Vegas up three games to one. Great to catch up with Len Rhodes, former president and CEO of the Edmonton Football Team, and uh, he he definitely brought some ideas. He said the team the, the the teams have to work together. He made an interesting point, and he and he said that a nine team league it it can be more difficult to to find a consensus than maybe in a thirty team league because. Everybody has a larger percentage of say, right? If you're one voice, it's one out of nine as opposed to one out of 30. So maybe you're more likely to get listened to. Uh, We just want to quickly get a couple of texts in before we get to our guest. Uh, Mark writes in, former D-man Mark. Uh, Mark, by the way, 117th in Norris Trophy voting in 1983, former D-man Mark. He says, for me, Len Rhodes just preached to the choir. I made this argument a couple of years ago. I love the CFL when I watch it. The key word is when, not too often. The CFL needs to realize it is a rule set whose day has passed. The majority of people want to watch four-down football, the two and out game has become tiring. The CFL has helped the NFL as the NFL has adopted some nuances of our game into theirs. However, I believe like Len, it is time to join them. Len did pitch that uh, he would be very open to the CFL becoming a developmental league for the NFL and change if that if they went that way to adopting to the NFL rules. He's not saying to do that unless they... Um, unless in, in that uh, the NFL was operating the, the CFL or that there was some kind of developmental uh, affiliation there. Al says, I don't know if I agree with Mr. Rhodes, but boys, lots to think about four down CFL football would take some getting used to, but if that's what the CFL has to do to survive, let's do it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have my own theories and I'm going to sound incredibly foolish because there's an active CFL player on the line, but one I know well who will uh, probably mostly respect my opinion even if he laughs at it i I just think sometimes the cfl does not feel as wide open as it was in earlier eras and i I, and somebody told me this once so i'm not totally just just speaking out of my ear here some somebody who coaches not a head coach in the league but a coordinator in the league told me this that now that they can review pass interference they that this guy said they call a lot more zone defense because you're less likely to commit pi so if you're in more zone defense, you don't give up as many big plays, and and therefore the scores aren't as as high, and the game doesn't appear as wide open. I'm just throwing that out there as something somebody told me. As Ryan King is on the line, he's the long snapper for the Double E, and he's a member of the CFLPA Executive Board. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show tonight. How are you?
2: Hey, Reed. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, doing good, man. It's been a busy couple of days, obviously, with uh, the news, but uh, we're working through it. Uh, working through it
1: well yeah the big bombshell yesterday and as i referenced uh you, you know a guy who used to be with your organization uh len rhodes dropped dropped a bit of a bomb at the interview the, the interview so a lot of people are uh, are reacting to that maybe i'll maybe i'll get to that at the end if we still have time because there's other things i mean first of all just how are you how are you feeling I, I i knew i know you knew it was possible how are you feeling now it's it's final there's not going to be a season
2: well it's uh you know you can look at it from a lot of different ways and um, from a fan, from a team, from a player, you know, from, from every aspect, right? This is, this is huge news. This is a big, big event, and no one ever, you know, predicted or wanted, and we all hoped, um, you know, to play in 2020. I know our membership most definitely did. There was a, a tremendous amount of work put in behind the scenes to, to try to pull this off, and, um, you know, we came to, you know, conclusions on all those to, to, to do this, and then that's when it was shut down, so it's, it's frustrating there's no question, but, um, you know, we, we are in a, a global pandemic and, um, you know, it's, it's not not exactly going away right now. So, um, you know, following a lot of the other pro sports leagues that are out right now, it was just it was the right move player health and safety wise to, you know, just put everything into 2021. So that's the reality. And that's where we're at today. And we'll just keep moving forward
1: okay here's here's the loaded question or a couple of questions what happens next and in your mind is the 2021 season also in jeopardy
2: so that's kind of hot topic now and and you know from all the calls i've been on and and all the direction and and conversations there is more motivation into the 2021 than 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 i've seen and everyone's you know um trying to get right into it trying to get you know break everything down. Obviously, there's a lot of change that have to happen from an operational and a setup and and the logistics behind it. But I know everyone that's in a seat of leadership wants to be back in 2021, um, want to find a way to fully revamp 2021, um, be creative. Um, We've already discussed a bunch of concepts and and stuff. We have to do a bunch of negotiating and and we can get that all done. We have time now where before we've been under a time crunch. So I think we can use this time, you know, effectively. And and I, I don't have. Um, I have very little concern that, there's, that the CFL is in jeopardy, and I think it's just such a staple Canadian culture, um, you know, item that, that it's going to be there for, for, for many more years to come as well too.
1: I, I got to interview Brock Sunderland, your GM, yesterday. I asked him the status of player contracts for this year. He said that was still up in the air. Do you have an update on that? It's been about 24 hours since Brock was on the show you know, if a player had a one-year contract for this year, what happens to it? And I suppose I'll I'll bundle in bonuses and work visas and those types of things as well.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, So basically how that works, so that's our Article 16, and that's where basically it clauses you in that if there's a cancellation of season, what happens to your contract, right? Um, Everyone in theory would think you'd be all out of your contract, and that's where the the, the work we've been doing um, kind of behind the scenes to set this up. So what's going to happen is, if you're in a 2020 season there's going to be an option to get out of your contract um you know in, in, in the foreseeable future here in the next coming days um that's stuff that we're working on right now and, and both us in the league have, have at least uh, uh understand that that's a, a hot topic and, and they agree that we need to provide that opportunity for players to, to that can go to the nfl or can go elsewhere to work we have to provide them because we've canceled the season so there's no question that that's going to be addressed um, at our town hall meeting tomorrow, and we're going to have all the details. And I don't want to, you know, tell the details, but they're in a very positive perspective. Um, so the players are going to have lots of options come tomorrow. Um, we're going to lay out the, the medical side of it, the, uh, you know, the funding side, and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that um, now that the season's officially cancelled, we'll be able to um, kind of move forward in the cancellation plan. So, um, yeah, everything's happening quick here, but, um, you know, there's a lot of work still to do
1: okay and and look obviously and a lot of players have been vocal about this on social media i mean this is this is your job right so if you're not getting paid uh there it goes Are, are are there enough supports here for for cfl players whether it's government assistance or whatever and who knows i mean besides job support maybe there's even um you know mental health or other types of things that players may need to lean on here
2: yeah and that's something that we've been working on a lot in the bubble concept and you know like four months of putting the putting the bubble together we, we've actually pulled a lot of really valuable things out of that and you know one's definitely the mental health aspect uh you know our our, our whole membership as a whole ha- has been unknown of, of what's going to happen for four and a half months now right and and so at least on the announcement they can have a set date to now put a plan together and move forward so the mental health side of it is definitely uh something we have on our, our uh, PA backside um but we, we launched uh, LifeWorks, which provides a whole breakdown of job opportunities, mentors, you know, business coaches, mental health aspect, you know, family counselling. Um, we laid all this out for the members over COVID and we're going to continue that moving forward. So that's something that we had, you know, a large percentage of our, of our membership uh, used during COVID. So which is really good to see. Um, so there's lots of those resources and there's um, the uh, government, fu- you know, there's a government funding aspect that, that we're working through right now and finalizing, but it's going to be very much in the benefit of the players. So we're we're just excited, you know, almost to uh, have the town hall tomorrow and, and just provide some some actual concrete, you know, kind of positive uh, direction for, for our members moving forward. All right, Ryan King joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Of course, long
1: snapper for the Edmonton football team, CFLPA executive board member. We've had him on several times here during the pandemic to keep you updated on what's going on between the league and uh, and the players. So the, the, it's minor saying that the CBA, uh, it was close to being ironed out. Is that still in a good spot, do you think, or what would you say?
2: Well, the so the way that works is we basically had to amend our current agreement. To put on the bubble concept because we played we were going for a six game season right so we had to put that all together so in in theory um you almost put it in the filing cabinet and start uh, 2021 moving forward which is you know unfortunate with all the work that was put into it but we, we agreed to a, a lot of terms into that agreement that we're going to use moving forward and the players are excited about so i think there's a lot of positives that and we're in a position of, uh, that we can implement a lot of those changes that we want to see as players. So I think if we can get, get the ball rolling here soon, we're going to be able to put a, you know, a very enticing CBA together. And I think it's going to be highly you know, motivated on getting players into the communities. And when this is all said and done, we're going to be able to kind of fully relaunch the CFL and not just be um, the CFL coming back to play. You know, vibe behind it. Right. Okay. Now, what what do you know about what life would have been like
1: inside the bubble? Clearly, with the NHL here in Edmonton, we've learned a lot about it and the daily testing and recreation, food, all those types of things. Do it have it been similar, or what, what do you know about how it would have been inside there?
2: Yeah, that's um, uh, was a big part of, of of up till you know basically the announcement was. It, it came all the way down to the very end of getting our final documents in, which was the return to play in the medical. And obviously during COVID, uh, we had to follow what the NHL, the NBA, uh, the MLS and, and other leagues were doing. So it was, it was like, I enjoyed the, the, the aspect of building the concept of the bubble and working through it and, and trying to break it and seeing how we have to improve it. And, you know, I have a lot of uh, respect for the doctors uh, that were on the call and, and the CFL and us. We, we very mutually worked together as much as we could to build this concept because we all had to be in it you know all the way so it's kind of like a kid you know getting a christmas present you build a huge lego tower you know like it was actually kind of cool to be able to to be a part of that and um you know for example in it we even the quality of life aspect we had it as far as making sure that there's you know at least um you know microwaves on every floor each room has you know blenders and fridges and 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 fans to the Type of, you know, how many pillows you need and aspect, um, the TVs and the Wi-Fi was all upgraded and um, you know, there was workout rooms we had sponsored with teams or with local uh, gyms that were going to fully deck out you know, hotel rooms, so a lot of the, uh, it would be very similar to what the NBA and the NHL looked like, but we called ours a hybrid of both, um, just because of the amount of uh, people we had going into our bubble, but it it was pretty cool to go through it uh, you know, as far as uh, you know, we, you got to have uh, food delivery and, and, you know, packages and prescriptions. And uh, you had to go all, all the way down to, to the very, you know, call center for people to have family calls. We had a, uh, a yoga room that we were going to set Zoom calls up so guys could do Zoom and spin and meditation and try to create it as close to their normal life as possible. But I'll tell you, uh, being on all those calls, it was very difficult to do so, um, you know, during a global pandemic. Ryan, I mean I just had
1: Len Rhodes on the show and and I asked him about the cooperation at the at the ownership level and he said there is cooperation but there are also nine teams who want things their own way in in their own markets like as a player do, or do you want to see something different happen from the the business side whether it's how the game is marketed or the, the cooperation amongst Board of Governors or anything like that and I'm also wondering if there's any you know like lingering part of your mind that, that the season maybe could have been saved if something different would have been I'll just kind of open it up to you that way
2: yeah I'll go backwards on that the I, I think the only chance that we could have saved the, the, the solution that we have right now is that if we started earlier you know like we, we really pressed them to begin all of this a, a lot quicker and um, we started getting ourselves set up uh, before they did almost. And, and it was difficult at that time not being able to talk through some very key points and having to deal with them, you know, in a time crunch. So I think if we would have started to see, uh, you know, this process earlier, we might have had more, more chance to pull it off. But, um, you know, back to the, the setup of the league, like, like Len, Len knows, and, and he's, just, he's briefly hinting on exactly what it is. And, and, and from my position on the executive and understanding, you know, the optics and the business to a much more level now, that's what it is like we we have one the cfl operates nine businesses so even during a pandemic in a sense of do we play or not or what subsidies is an owner versus a community run versus a a group owned league they all become different so when you look at a board to make decisions it's difficult because each one of them are backed by whatever operating status they're at right and that's completely split across the board so when when people talk about the broken business it's not really a jab at the cfl per se, they're, they're operating in a very difficult position because they have to basically, you know, take into consideration all nine different business plans and, and you know, how they, how they operate. So that's what he's trying to say. And I think if, if you want to see moving forward what players want to see, players want to play professional football. You know, th- these are the optics behind the scene that from the business level have to be fixed. And they know that, um, and I'm confident that they know that. And, and, and you know, in, in the times of COVID and a cancelled season, the accountability aspect is at its highest. So it's, uh, it's going to be more about uh, being about it than, you know, talking about it in a sense. So moving forward here, we're, we're probably going to see, you know, some pretty big changes, but it'll most likely be for the better of, uh, you know, the CFL and moving forward. Okay. Ryan, did I miss anything important? No, I just want to, like, I always want to leave all these just in a positive, you know, tone, like, you know, there's a lot of logistics behind it, there's a lot of details, there's a lot of fans that want to know, and there's a lot of info that we want to get out, and, and you know, there was a, a tremendous amount of work that was put into this, and, and mutually between the CFL and the CFLPA and, and all aspects, and, you know, um, we have full intentions to have a 2021, so from fans and sponsors and all that even though it's tough times right now know that you know there will be a 2021 and and it's going to be uh better than uh, it, it seems to be right now so
1: ryan thanks a lot for checking in yeah, you've been great with us throughout this process i i know it's been difficult and stressful for you and, and i'm certainly disappointed we're not going to see you and the rest of the guys on the field this year but like you said let's make it strong in 2021 thank you so much ryan have a good night that is Ryan King checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Long snapper for the Edmonton football team and a CFLPA executive board member. So we covered a lot of ground there. Uh, you know, Ryan was talking about what life in the bubble would have been. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I wonder this. Uh, Len brought it up. Ryan kind of touched on it. Is, does, does the NFL, does the CFL, pardon me, not the NFL, does the CFL need to be owned by one entity? And then each league operates, uh, you know, on its own in terms of getting players and coaching those players. So you'd still have to recruit and you could still trade. But when it came to some kind of, you know, keeping all the teams going and generating revenue, that would somehow be shared or operated by the, by the league office. I suppose there'd have to be marketing in each individual city. But does there need to be, uh, you know, an entity that basically owns and runs the Canadian Football League and makes those decisions uh you know the big league decisions for all the teams and they just worry about playing football and getting people in their stadiums in their cities that that's what I'm wondering you let me know what you think 7804960063 inside sports on chat <laughs> Farmer Kevin says, Reed, how would a deal with the NFL affect the import rules requiring Canadian player content? Well, okay, we're being totally hypothetical here. I, I would think, Farmer Kevin, that the the, the ratio would remain intact. I, I think you would just have a situation where there would be uh, direct affiliation between NFL teams and CFL teams. And I'm not talking about where one team would belong to an NFL team, but certain players would be identified as belonging to NFL teams and they would be developing in the CFL. I don't know. I, I think you'd have to have rules to protect the CFL as well, that you you couldn't call up a player you know, mid-season before, and a, a CFL team would lose a star player before the Grey Cup. I, I would think the Canadian content... Uh, rule would would stay in place farmer kevin again just a hypothetical but len rose put it out there that he would be all for the cfl being a developmental league for the nfl and even going to Four downs and the 100 yard field, and, and all the rules and all that kind of stuff. Interesting pitch there from Len. Good hour. We also heard from Ryan King from your double E, who is a member of the CFLPA executive board. It's going to be an ongoing topic here. What is next for the Canadian Football League? Everybody's pretty confident, I think, all the people involved, that the league will be back in 2021. Is this an opportunity to reset a little bit and take a step forward and maybe make some key changes? Sad news in hockey today. Dale Howarchuk passing away. We'll remember Dale Howarchuk when we get back. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.